DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're joined now by Ben Anderson, Utah Jazz Radio studio analyst. He's on the Sprint special guest line. Sprint makes it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Ben, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for coming back on again. It has been a while because there have been no games. I'm curious. We have talked to some... Uh, national NBA writers, and then we had one on yesterday, and he's talking about he thought the Jazz uh, could be poised to do pretty well when the season comes back. And I think with Bogdanovich out with an injury, a lot of people found that surprising. How well do you think the Jazz can weather the absence of Bogdanovich? Yeah, I think some of it's going to come down to matchups, and we don't know what this close to the regular season, if there is one, is going to look like. So. If you go one through sixteen, and you have to play the Houston Rockets, which has you know, been one one of the rumors that's been talked about, that might be tricky. Though, admittedly, Boyan Bogdanovich has really struggled with that super small lineup that the Rockets can play. So, maybe the Jazz are actually a little bit more competitive against Houston without Boyan, just because he doesn't seem to really he hasn't figured out how to attack a team that can play that small because he can't really dribble against them. Uh, maybe there's actually a little bit more help without Boyan in that series, as crazy as that seems to, to sound. But, you know, if you played the Oklahoma City Thunder, which you might be poised to right now, I think you could probably get past that team. And then, you know, you, you just hope that the matchups continue to favor you. You just start Joe then? Yeah, I think you start Joe Eagles. Uh, Royce O'Neal probably moves up to the four uh, for Boyan, and then I think Joe plays the three. Then you're you're also uniquely small. Other than Rudy Gobert, you know Royce is he's six eight, but he's not particularly maybe six seven six six. But he's not particularly bulky. He doesn't play all that big, though he can probably defend most of the fours in the NBA. But yeah, I think that probably ends up being your starting lineup. So where do you think they get the scoring punch from? Because obviously we're talking about a volume shooter. I think. Mike Conley probably has to step up. Now the Jazz haven't done a great job this year figuring out how to have two backcourt scorers uh, at the same time. Even when you know Jordan Clarkson's on the floor, it seems like he does the majority of the scoring or the majority of the shooting, and either Joe Ingles is the initiator or that last kind of second-unit group that we saw that Dennis Lindsay has praised a few times now since we've been in hiatus uh, that had Mike Conley and Jordan Clarkson and Joe Ingles. Those guys all kind of deferred to Clarkson, uh, and then he would – kind of be kind of a one-pass playmaker for those guys finding open shooters or finding Tony Bradley rolling to the rim. There wasn't a whole lot of movement or action there, uh, but it could still find a way to score the ball. So I think it would be Mike Conley in the starting lineup, but that's not we, we haven't seen that balance yet from the Jazz this season. Do you have re-signing Jordan Clarkson as a high priority? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's your top true priority. No, I, I mean, you're, you're going to give... Uh, Donovan Mitchell a max contract this offseason. I think you see if Rudy Gobert wants to sign a max extension, but not the super max, not $250 million. I think you see if he wants to take $50 million off that price tag and sign for five years and $200 million, which is still an absurdly high $40 million a season, but you could probably stomach that a little bit better than you could $50 million a year, and you don't need to pay him $50 million a year starting this year. You don't need to commit to that because you're still going to be the only team that can give him that coming up next offseason. But I don't think he wasted any time with Donovan Mitchell. But when it comes to Jordan Clarkson, I think that's probably your next priority. That's probably the guy I start working on, uh, trying to get Clarkson's deal. And if it's, you know, we don't know what the salary cap's going to look like next year because of all the money lost this season. But I think a similar percentage of the cap, and he makes it up $15 million, $14 million right now. If you could pay him something in the similar range, I think he's an absolute bargain for what he brings this Jazz team. 
You know, there's uh, plenty of Jazz fans who fear he's going to go to one of the elite teams, go to LeBron and all that. Because the thing is with, with Clarkson is he brings a, a skill set that everybody needs. You know, can you come off the bench and when things are struggling, just go get, just go get shots, just go score. And he can do that. And, and what team doesn't need that? So what are the odds you think that he's here? And what are the odds that uh, regardless of money, he's lured away by another superstar, whether it's LeBron and Lakers or somebody else? I think he's young enough that he still needs to be signing contracts for money and not for championships. And that's not the Jazz don't offer him at least an opportunity to compete and prove that he can compete at this level. So I would be really surprised if he goes anywhere. And, and most teams aren't going to have any money. I mean, I mean, the teams that should have money this offseason are, are really bad basketball teams, whether it's New York or Detroit or maybe Atlanta. I mean, there's a couple of teams that can spend some money, but it's, it's not high-profile destination cities. And then on top of it, with the reduced salary cap that we're expecting, even if they kind of smooth out these losses over the next few seasons, you should anticipate that most teams are going to be two, three, four million dollars less in their salary cap than they expected. Now that includes the Jazz, but the Jazz do own his bird rights, so they can go as high as they want paying him. Uh, and, and I would imagine they would be extremely comfortable going over the, the the salary cap and going into his bird rights to pay for him. What other priorities do you see? Uh, you know, you can work on George Niang's uh, contract this off season, and and he's probably due some money. I mean, he's come in and done exactly what you want, and you, you see these guys who are pure shooters uh, in the NBA. They they tend to get paid, and they tend to have value wherever they go, even if they do feel a little bit overpaid. Whether that's a Davis Bertans in Washington right now, who kind of was inexplicably let go or traded by the San Antonio Spurs, who could certainly use that type of player now. Uh, so, so I think you pay him. Now, he's not in that same conversation as a shooter as Davis Bertans, but he's over 40%. He gets up three-point shots pretty easily. He's shown some ability to improve. I think he saw a little bit more of a dribble drive game this season than he'd shown in years past. So, uh, And I think he's a solid culture guy. I think he's a solid locker room guy. I think he's fine to have around. So you probably extend his contract this offseason as well. You start looking at that, and then, you have to figure out what you're going to do with the Emmanuel Moutiers of the world. You know, is, is he going to make too much money on the market? That's certainly possible. I thought he played well when he was on the floor with the Jazz, and there's actually some, some lineup numbers that I think he looks really good in as well. So there's probably going to be a team that's willing to take a chance on him. And because he's made good money, but certainly not Jordan Clarkson-level money at this point in his career, he should also probably be looking to sign for whoever will give him the most years and certainly the most money as opposed to saying, well, the Jazz treated me well. I'm going to give them a discount. I don't think for his you know, personal life, that's probably a good idea. I think he should go sign elsewhere and probably get a couple more seasons. I'm curious whether you think there are some teams around the league that are better set up than others to perform when they come back. I mean, the, the chemistry, the flow, all that's going to be gone. Teams are going to have to recreate it. Do you trust some teams more than others? I trust veteran teams. I trust guys who know how to stay in shape in the offseason. And we've seen it locally. You see it across the NBA. It, it takes some guys three years just to figure out how to be NBA players. You know, how to keep themselves in shape, how to come into camp ready, how to eat right. I mean, Donovan Mitchell has said he didn't know how to eat right for the first couple of seasons uh, and has kind of figured that out now with the Jazz personal chef. He would go and get, you know, a really sugary smoothie or he would eat a bunch of Caesar salads and heard the word salad and thought that means it's healthy. And, it's, you know, it's not. So I think some of the more veteran teams are probably going to be well prepared to do this and that favors the Lakers, who outside of Anthony Davis and LeBron James, who are both very veteran players, 
have a ton of guys like Danny Green who have been around a long time who have figured out how to do this. So the veteran team should be in good shape. Now, that could become into question if we end up playing a lot of truncated games. I think a lot of people think in 1999 the Jazz were hurt by the lockout season because you had to play so many games so quickly and they were so much older uh, that that might have cost them a championship. I think those are some of the questions, but I would imagine early on those teams that are veteran, those teams that, that know how to come in and be ready to go and don't need a month to find chemistry, I think those teams are really going to be, find a, a good advantage to start this year. So you're telling me a Caesar salad is unhealthy? Well, I mean, there's worse options. You know, you, you could certainly go get a loaded baked potato, and that's not going to help you. But a Caesar salad with, with the really heavy, full Caesar dressing, it's not great for you. Add some croutons on top of it. It's not going to be the best thing you can find to eat. Sorry, DJ. Yeah, I know, right? There's no hope for me. I'm done. <laughs> Baked potato and Caesar salad. I think that's the healthiest option on my menu. None of us are trying to be in the NBA. We can eat whatever we want. <laughs> I don't think that's true either. As I look at this team, it's funny because it was young for a good while. And then it, it sort of got old. Not old, but older quickly. And so with Conley, Bogdanovich, and Joe... You know, three of uh, your guys are over 30. How much do the Jazz need to start balancing, preparing for their departure, recognizing that it's not here yet, but it's drawing closer? Yeah, I think a big question there is what Mike Conley does after next season. I think we all assume that he picks up that gargantuan 30-plus million dollar player option he's got this summer. It would make sense for him to do that. He's not going to make that up uh, on the free agent market. So he probably picks that up, and then what does he want? What does he expect? What does he need after that? Does, I think the Jazz would like to keep him around. I mean, they, they put a lot into in, in getting him. You know, they traded several first-round draft picks and former first-round draft picks and solid role players. So I think that was more than a two-year investment, but you're not going to pay him $20 million a season. I just don't think he's that type of point guard. He hasn't proven that, and then he's going to be so much older that I think it would be hard to pay him that much money. So uh, I think that's going to be a big question that helps dictate that. If, if he's willing to take less money and it's just within the Jazz kind of financial plans, you keep him around and you're probably okay being a little bit more veteran, especially as Donovan Mitchell kind of ages into his prime, which is still several years off. I, I think that's probably the plan. Boyan's game is probably somewhat similar to Mehmet Okur, who was aging well uh, before he tore his Achilles. Uh, so I think you can probably count on him. Joe's actually, I thought, said some interesting things this offseason. I know you guys get to talk to him every week, but he's kind of talked about, you know, he signed that last one-year extension and with his kids at their age, and he doesn't want to move them around through schools throughout their entire life. They may want to be back home in Adelaide, kind of getting their kids in school and ready to go before those kids turn, you know, six, seven years old when they're really in school, and that's only a couple of years away. So those guys might be looking at the end, or at least Joe Ingles might be looking towards the end, and, and if Mike Conley wants more money, he might not be in the picture after next season. So, at that point, you could start to go young again and trust that Rudy Gobert and trust that Donovan Mitchell are old enough, plus Jordan Clarkson, to kind of carry this core and this next group together. I think there also is the fact that you don't really win with young guys in the NBA. You need it for the future, but the, the number of young guys, you know, 27 and under, who contribute to NBA championship teams at a high level, that's not usually how it works. You know, you get to the guys who are 27, 28, 29. Now they're getting to the age that, where they can really win. So I wonder how much they just ride Gobert and Mitchell and constantly bring guys through trying to sign guys for a couple years, whether they're late 20s or early 30s. 
and you know, I know there's been some hand wringing over the last three months about the relationship between those two players, but Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, Rudy's probably into his prime, and it's going to be in a spot where I think the way the league plays will probably dictate how effective he can be, and he's still going to be very effective. It just matters: is he going to be a top ten player? Is he going to be a top twenty five player? That's going to depend on three point shooting and how teams attack, and you know how small teams are willing to go. I think all that that factors in. It's hard to. Hard, hard to understand exactly what that's going to look like, but Donovan's just going to keep getting better, and he's going to be a really good player for a really long time. And I think you're going to see players who want to come in and play in Utah, or at least play alongside of him. Everybody seems uh, players want to come in and play for for Quinn Snyder, and I think that secret's going to continue to go. You know, it'll become less of a secret. I think you're going to get more players who are willing to do that and and willing to come and be in a comfortable spot in Utah where, you know, the Jazz, I think, take care of their players pretty well and Quinn seems to like his players well and players like him. I think you're going to, like you said, DJ, you're going to be able to kind of retool this this roster over and over as you just work to find more Jordan Clarkson-type pieces that come in and fit and can be glue guys. So if Anthony Davis leaves the Lakers for whatever reason, Suddenly they become a lot more average. Now, maybe they can pick up somebody. I don't know. But I'm just looking at for the Jazz going forward into next season in terms of how serious of contender you think they can be. Uh, it certainly depends on the age of LeBron. Now, maybe he's just ageless and it's going to be Tom Brady. You know, All of a sudden, Tom Brady seems like he fell off a cliff last season. But can LeBron continue to play at that level and carry teams? And can he get enough rest throughout the season? that he's going to be healthy. And that's, that's what's scary about the Lakers this year is, you know, you gave LeBron three months off to come back and be full strength. Full strength LeBron, regardless of what the last dance documentary said, is as good as all Cole we've ever seen. So if, if LeBron can do that, he can carry a team of really good players to a championship because he's carried teams of really mediocre players to championships in the past. So if LeBron ages and starts to fall off a little bit, I think kind of even regardless of what Anthony Davis does, I personally don't think Anthony Davis is one of those guys who can carry a team to a championship by himself. I think he's he's the, maybe the best number two player in the league, but if he becomes your number one, you probably have some issues. Uh, and, and then let's see what happens with Paul George and the Clippers. You know, we, we've got some personal taste of it, of, of Paul George just absolutely disappearing in the postseason. He, he couldn't handle Joe Ingles, which other players have handled Joe Ingles in the playoffs, and Paul George couldn't, and that, that maybe says more about Paul George than necessarily it does Joe. Uh, so I think those are some questions to ask. But then, you know, I, I don't believe in Russell Westbrook in the postseason either. There's no reason why the Jazz can't continue to improve and can't continue to get better and kind of maybe do what the Carl and, and John Jazz teams did, which was just you, they're going to require a certain amount of experience to figure out how to win. Their talent alone isn't going to get them there because they're not as talented as LeBron and Anthony Davis or they're not as talented as Kawhi and Paul George. But with enough wins and losses under their belt, They'll figure out how to kind of get to the finals of that promised land, and then you're hoping for an advantageous matchup in the finals. Well, Ben, I miss hanging out with you during games, just sitting in the studio watching whatever's going on. So uh, hopefully we'll get back to that one day. July 31st. I think we'll hear that on Thursday. There it is. All right, Ben, we appreciate it. Thanks for a few minutes. Thanks, guys.